Welcome to the Open Door Policy. Each week on this podcast, we sit down with a different guest and talk about a letter. Archbishop Vigneron's Unleash the Gospel Pastoral Letter. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. All right. Be about it. Each guest we have on this show we think is living it out in a new and exciting way. Before we get started, if you like what you hear and you want to help us be part of this movement to unleash the gospel, be sure to subscribe and share our podcast with your family and friends. And while you're at it, leave us a review on iTunes. On this episode of Open Door Policy, Danielle and I sit down with Christina Hall, a recent convert to the Catholic faith who is working in ministry and loving being a Catholic. Father Steve, hey, back in hey, the saddle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Um, pretty great. Did you have any, uh, just wondering how your day went, how your week went, how your life's been going? Yeah, what's God doing? What's what God you're doing? That's me, what I right? was asking you. Yeah. Thanks um, for picking up. You know, I got together with an old friend of mine, not old, but a friend of mine from seminary. He and his wife and their kids yesterday. And that was just like so much fun to see how like... We were at the same point a few years ago, a number of years ago now, mm-hmm. and like the Lord led us in different paths, but he's kept us as friends and get to see how he's working in, uh, in my friend Joe's life and just to kind of like share a lot of laughs and stories from seminary, but also to see the way God has like made him into a great husband and father. And so that was, that was a great joy for me. Dude, that is super cool. It's always good making and meeting new friends. Speaking of friends... Joined today with Christina Hall. Hey, Christina. How, how are, you? are you? Hey, I'm good. That's good. Christina, are you ready for rapid fire questions? As ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to uh, lead us off. Christina, what is your most used emoji? Probably the crying face because I'm always laughing. <laughs> uh, what would be your walk-up music? Rocky. The Rocky theme song? Yes, the Rocky theme song. Um, what is your favorite piece of religious art? It's one of the angels that they have at the cathedral right now in meeting room A. It's this huge angel. I don't, um, but right now that's one of my favorite pieces. It really looks like one of the angels um, on the wallpaper in the mm-hmm. Chancery yep. Chapel. It's a huge, like, 12-foot angel. That's pretty cool. So what do you think is overrated? Pineapples on pizza. Mm, okay, okay. Christina, what literary character would you be friends with? So I can't think of his name, but it is the baby llama in Llama Llama Red Pajama. (laughs) Good, good, good. Uh, What is your favorite hymn? This Little Light of Mine. I mean, it's just one of the first ones I learned as a kid. And, you know, honestly, it makes me, I just use that all the time when talking about the Unleash the Gospel um, videos. It just makes me think of something glowing on the inside. What what season would you be? Fall. And what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? God is not in the past. God is not in the future. He's right now. Christina, what is your favorite Bible story? The birth of Christ. All right. Oh, and what non-traditional pet would you have? I am not a pet person. <laughs> <laughs> so none. Nice. You know, that reminds me. So that, that would 100% be my mom's answer because she does not like animals. So, um, and actually, Christina is here with her beautiful children. How many kids do you have? Four, which Four. is why I do not need a pet. <laughs> that's, a, you, that's exactly what my mom would say because she has five kids. Anyway, let's jump back into these. Yeah, so Rocky. Uh, as your walk-up music, like dun 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 dun, 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 dun. that that Rocky. 
or the Eye of the Tiger one? More the Eye of the Tiger. Okay. See, I always call it the Rocky theme song, but... Well, they're both, like, yeah. legit Rocky. Is and that, they're is both that... great walk-up tunes. Yeah. Is that your favorite movie, too? Totally not my favorite movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've probably watched it probably 30 times and fell asleep on it every <laughs> single time. So you don't even know what happens in the end? Embarrassingly, no. <laughs> that's, that's all right. I'm not going to give it away. Question for Father Steve. Have you ever do you know seen what, Rocky? No, yeah, no, no, I've no, seen no, Rocky. no, 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 no. Do you know what Llama Llama Red Pajama is? I have is? no idea. Have you it's a ever kid's book, seen I'm guessing, right? the ludicrous cover of Llama Llama Red Pajama? No. It, you know, I have many holes in my pop culture references, and you have pointed one out here. Okay. Hey, Llama Llama uh, Red Pajama. Pineapples on pizza. Totally overrated. You are dead on, Thank Christina. you. Thank you. I am savory over sweet. Have you seen that, like, short little video of how to properly eat a pizza with pineapple? Throw it in the trash? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You guys you are like a little it? bit harsh. I, I'm not against it. It's not my favorite. But if someone, like, gave no. me a free pizza, there I'd, is no I'd neutral, eat it. There is well, no neutral ground here, Danielle. Well, don't get me wrong. I eat all types of pizza. Right. But all pizza is not created equally. <laughs> yeah. No, I would agree with that. This little light of mine, we'll talk in a little bit about your journey to the Catholic faith, but I would guess you knew that song before you became Catholic. Oh, totally. I grew up not even going to church. Yeah. And I think that that was just a very catchy song. And whenever I got sent to church with other people, specifically like when I got sent to the South for summer vacation or with people, it's like, oh, okay, great. I know this song. So I always felt like welcome when the church sang it. Yeah, that was the one thing that I knew. Did you learn the hand gestures for it? I did not. Danielle, Mm. did you learn the hand gestures? I feel like I know the hand gestures for it. Hashtag Catholic school. (laughs) (laughs) Super cool. Well, I feel like we know you a little bit better, so thank you so much. No problem. So, Christina, we'd love to hear about how the Lord's working in your life, your testimony. Could could you share with us a bit about uh, what God's doing in your life and how he brought you to the Catholic faith? Well, right now, he's totally keeping me patient and calm with my kids Mm. scratching at the door. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think we got to hear him. Yeah, that was great. Father Steve got a great picture drawn of a unicorn, and that's going to go on social media. Post it up there. Colorful unicorn. And they even took a picture... They drew a picture of what we look like. It was so awesome. if you don't know what we look like, you can also check. Now I'll, you I'll know. throw it up on the social <laughs> for sure. I came into the church in 2017. Okay. Um, through my association with Catholic schools. So my oldest son, who is now entering seventh grade, started going to Catholic schools when he was in first grade. And we had moved from a really good school district into a neighborhood, which was a nice neighborhood. But we found out that all of our neighbors were sending their kids to a Catholic school. Okay. And it was actually, I believe, the preferred school in the neighborhood. We missed registration just by one day. So it was a Friday, and I was going to register him for the school of choice. And I said, oh, I'll just wait until Monday. Yeah. Monday came, and I realized I had missed the deadline. So at that point, I had to send him to a Catholic school. And it was it was no problem other than the financing, but it was it was a new opportunity. I was totally interested. My husband had went to Catholic schools, um, you know, first through high school, even some college. So the idea was refreshing to be able to do this. Yeah. And it was through my involvement with the Catholic school and also, you know, the parish, St. Valentine in Redford, that I, you know, first encountered mass. And I just totally became involved in the in the parish life there. 
What did you think of Mass when you first encountered it? Was it like, oh, this is great, or what are they doing, or it, it's kind it of familiar? I, well, one, I'm, I specifically remember being like totally excited, like, yes, I'm going to Mass. I remember, yeah. I remember posting on media, you know, like, just dropping mass, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> mass on Friday, getting ready to go to mass with Bryce. And my husband's like, I don't know why you're so excited. You're just going to stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, drink some wine. Wait, you haven't even been baptized. You can't even drink the wine. So you're just going to stand up and sit down and be tired. But I was still like totally pumped and ready to go. And yeah. then when I got there, I was like, oh, this is different. But the entire time I was there, like I was filled with chills. Hmm. I was like, okay. And people weren't looking at me like a crazy woman with all of these kids, <laughs> like, you know, like crawling everywhere. Because at the time, I was either pregnant and had like two one-year-olds or, or or I was pregnant with two like under one-year-olds. Because you, you have twins, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I had little kids with me and... It was like totally fine. I wasn't getting any stares and people were like totally happy to see us. And I remember them saying like, okay, we'll see you next week. And I was like, whoa, um, okay. Now were you, did you come from like a Christian background or, because you said you knew this little light of mine, but like, at the, but that was when you were a child. Like at this point of like adulthood, married life, were you guys like praying? Were you going to church once in a while or like not really anything? We weren't going to church at all. Okay. Um, You know, other than in the parking lot to do drop-offs for school. I grew up visiting churches with with family members or friends or only going on special occasions. Not even, we weren't even like a Christer family. Like Mm -hmm. it was just, you know, if someone invited us to go, then possibly. But it was during college and early adulthood where I was like really seeking Jesus and visiting mm-hmm. different types of churches. And yeah. I spent the most of my time at a Presbyterian church. Yeah. And um, so I considered myself a non-denominational Christian. Mm-hmm. So you were considering yourself a Christian at that point. And yes. so, yeah, so you like knew who Jesus was. You You were familiar more with the Bible and stuff. So it wasn't like, whoa, everything's insane. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And in fact, you know, I... The first time that I really, like, totally admitted, like, Jesus is real, I believe, was as a kid at summer camp. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it had been, like, a little bit of a journey to this point. Right. And it was a a journey of self-discovery because I had grew up not, you know, Jesus wasn't um, really talked about in my household. So Mm -hmm. it was like, wow, I got to go meet this guy. Like, where is he at? Wow. Wow. So then you were, so then you had this, this experience with the mass, with your son, and then what? It's like, wow, it really wasn't that bad. But I wasn't continuing to go. Then I started finding myself um, just going to more church events Mm -hmm. and then all school masses, Mm-hmm. So I used that. That was my shallow entry point. Mm-hmm. Like I would go with the kids and I knew it was important. And then it was when I became a coach. I was coaching soccer and track where I felt I really had to be like a good, solid example for these kids mm-hmm. because I knew that the kids were Catholic and their parents were Catholic. So I thought it was odd for them to, you know, to either not go to mass on Sundays or to either not be paying attention. And so that's when me being a role model for these kids is when I really kind of stepped my game up. Dang. 
And that, and so then you said in 2017, you joined the church? Right. So it was the fall of 2016 where mm-hmm. I said, okay, finally, you know, I had Bryce when he was in second grade, all of his friends were doing their first Holy Communion. So he's right. like, mom, can I get baptized? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, yeah, you can, but not right now. He's all like, right. <laughs> so, well, why not? And I'm like, well, we're not Catholic. It's like, well, how come we're not Catholic? And, you know, I just kind of shoot him off. It's like, well, once I learn about it, then sure, you can, you know, then we'll know. You can't just dive into something and not know about it. And yeah. then he's like, well, I know about it. He's <laughs> like, oh, I'm, wow. going, I'm going to a Catholic wow. school, Mom. I know yeah. about it. Right. And, it, and so it was through my dialogues with him where it got to the point of me just saying, like, okay, well, what do you know? Like, just listening as a parent and then, you know— hey, let's see what I'm really spending my money on. Let's see how much you know to actually me truly being interested and wanting to find out myself. And so the fall of 2016 is when I started doing the RCIA classes. And even at that time, I was like, well, I'm just here to check it out. Like, it feels like home. I want to be a part of it. But I don't know if I can right. sign up for it. This is a huge commitment. Yeah. Which is what RCIA is, though. Like, like the first part, right? Isn't it kind of like, hey, this the is what's up? Period and then, of inquiry. And then after it. that yeah. is like, okay, what do you think? Is right. it a yes or is it a no? And I was totally committed because at that time I was working and my husband was also working and he would get off work early and well, he worked at that time, like non-traditional hours. So he would leave work early. And so that we could go to RCIA together and wow. then we would drag the kids with us. <laughs> wow. And so, you know, at this time, if we're thinking two years ago, I had a 10 year old and two, a three year old and two, four year olds. Wow. So no one noticed you in the class, right? You just right. kind of... <laughs> the quiet corner. Right. <laughs> right. So we always had our own table. And yeah. Well, that's cool, though, that you got to do that as a family. It was. It really was. So you were baptized. Uh, was your husband baptized? He was. And Bryce was? Yeah. So the, and all six of us were baptized. All wow. of the, that is so cool. On the cool. same day. Oh, I have another family. And, and your confirmation saint, who did you pick? Did you go with your original name, your birth name? I did. I did go with my original name. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Christine, the astonishing Saint Christina, the astonishing. <laughs> I don't That's know anything about Saint Christine or Christina. Saint Christine, the astonishing. Well, one of her main stories is that one time um, she passed away, or so they thought. And at I think her that funeral, happens to she all the saints. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, she like elevated, and that's why she was given the name Christina the Astonishing. Ah. I, I, my sister's name is Christine, and so like that's how I learned about that saint. It's like kind of through my sister. Do so. people call you Christina the Astonishing? They no. could. Not no. yet. They Not could. yet. They Not yet. My yeah. kids call me that now. So they, if you don't want to call me mom, <laughs> here's the other option. Exactly. Is the Lord doing doing anything, or has He done anything that uh, since you've uh, come into the Catholic faith? I mean, what what has that been like to to live as a Catholic now? Wow, you know, we are totally like head over heels immersed into our faith right now. Yeah. Um, my husband and I, we both after after about six months of um, after we were baptized, work was just different for both of us. Mm-hmm. We found ourselves like moaning and groaning and complaining more. It's like, what mm. are we doing? And so I got an email from our parish. Um, 
at the time saying that we had a, a sister parish that was looking for um, some, like, I want to say it was part-time work. And I remember a, sending a message back saying, my husband's interested. Who can he call? However, I hadn't even told my husband about <laughs> this email. And so it was for a position at Divine Child and. I remember calling and asking for the pastor and they're like, he's not available, but how can I help you? And I got the director of operations. I was like, hi, um, my name's Christina Hall. I know this may sound odd, but my husband, Anthony, is very interested in this position we got an email for. And this is going to sound even more strange. However, he has a dentist appointment. He would, he he has a dentist appointment tomorrow. <laughs> he never get, takes time off work and he would love to come in and meet you if that's okay. And I guess I was just like... Weirder her, either weird her out or won her over over the phone where she's like, okay. One could call it apostolic boldness. Yeah, either way, it, had, it yes. had the same effect, right? Yeah. It got the job done. Exactly. And, you know, long story short, he left his job that yeah. he had been at for over 14 years wow. to go work at Divine Child. And now, I mean, we've become so much a part of that community yeah. that we're at that parish and now all four of our kids are going to school there. Praise God. Yeah. And Praise just God. think this was the same family only stuck our toe into a Catholic church because our kid was going to school there because I missed a registration deadline at our local school. So, And, and God took that little kind of misstep or that little first step and has brought you to where you are today. Totally. And after, so about six months of him working for the church, it's like, wow, this guy is different. He's like pulling out a Bible. He's telling me all these <laughs> stories of him chatting it up with the priest over there. Like, what is, what's going on? I was like, I need to find a job for myself hmm. within the church. And, you know, I did. And um, just another amazing way how God works is mm -hmm. that, you know, I, it was one position at a Catholic school that I had applied for. And when I applied for it, I think during the time I applied, they were actually filling the positions. It was probably like over winter break or something. And so I seen the particular position that I work in now for the archdiocese. And it said um, one of the, it, the qualifications was good standing Catholic, familiar with the inner city, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, well, I'm familiar with the city. You know, I was born and raised right. in Detroit. And, you know, I give, I'm all about community service. I'm always in the city. And, but I don't know what a good standing Catholic is. I mean, I've only been, you know, doing this for a little bit of time. You're, you're like, I know I'm Catholic. I don't know if I'm in good standing yet. How good am I at being this? But yeah, I was, I just remember applying at like midnight and then literally hours later I was getting a phone call if, to see if I could come in for an interview and I just once I got here it was just the best it's like yeah. the best job I've ever had and I remember my first day of work telling like I got so many hugs and so many people are just like we heard all about you and we can't wait to meet you and I'm like how do you even know who I am? Like, what is this going on? Yeah. So it's it's really been a great experience to be able to um, just learn so much and grow in my faith. And I always joke and say that um, my position working in the chancery is like my RCIA externship. Yeah. So I'm constantly like on a mission to like learn every day. Yeah. 
I get my work done too, but you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's so but, but true. But you're though. growing, you get to grow in the middle of it. Right. So. Yeah. I've learned so much from working at my job too, but you know what my friend, Father Grayson, who was a guest once would say is it's amazing how God is always calling us to know him more deeply and more deeply and more deeply. Mm-hmm. So even in your story, like you're like, oh, I missed a deadline. I guess I'll send my kid to Catholic school. He's like, mom, why am I not baptized? Well, I'm not really sure. And here, here you are. So thanks be to God. He's just never finished. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Yeah, no problem. Let's jump a little bit into this letter. Unleash the gospel here. Marker 8.2. The one. (laughs) Wow. Now now with echo. 8.2, the one sheep. Um, just reading over this, some really interesting things. Um, one thing that it says is, yet in his own ministry, Jesus clearly made it a priority to reach the lost, those who were not in right relationship with God. That one really stuck out to me. Like, it's tricky to reach the people who aren't in right relationship with God. And also, um, maybe people who aren't seeking on their own if that makes sense, your story is a little different, but I I guess like as people who work in church and work in ministry, kind of what are your thoughts on that? How do we do a good job of stepping outside of our buildings and our little spheres and and really reaching out to people who maybe aren't stepping inside? With me personally, one of the biggest ways that I'm able to help on the outside it's just really being bold about sharing like my joy and my mm. own personal happiness that Jesus is bringing and the the works that he's doing in my life. So just constantly remaining positive about all situations or, you know, sharing my story. And, you know, it's easy for me be, to to witness and help and step out to people because I work for the church. Now, yeah. if I did not work for the church, that's a bit different. And and also having my kids in Catholic schools is another tool for me. So I I well, use tricks. <laughs> tricks. Well, well I, I mean, there are people in our Catholic schools who I think would qualify as that, right? Right. Oh, that, definitely. That don't have that relationship with the Lord or not in right relationship with him. So I think our schools are meant to be, as you experienced, a, a tool of evangelization. So, so like that's a – I think Catholic schools especially, um, you know, we have a number that have um, kind of a, a high number of non-Catholic um, students. Enrollment. Uh, enrollment, mm-hmm. yeah, that have – that are just kind of fertile ground for showing the beauty of the faith which kind of moved, moved you in this mysterious way, you and your family. So. I was just reading this uh, new study, question mark. Um, it was on Detroit Catholic. Did you read this as well? The lady was, uh, I think Tamara Hall Fromm was her name. Yeah. And she wrote a thesis, question mark. Mm-hmm. Dang it. Now as I'm saying this, I'm like, it sounds like I didn't even read this article. So my apologies <laughs> to the writer Th- this and is the where... original like, researcher of this. But she was writing about... Like and I like I'm using finger quotes right here. Nuns, N O N E S. Nuns, a term sometimes used to describe people with no religious affiliation. And she did uh, uh, research with uh, like 20 to 30 um, young adults and adults who had joined the church after not being baptized. And she was like, "What, what attracted you to this faith if you didn't grow up in it? You know." And it was interesting because. 
they said it was a like accompaniment and people who they saw who were living authentic Christian lives who attracted them to it. And in, instead of like, you know, hearing a song or going to church or something like that. And I thought that was really an interesting study and and kind of interesting because the kid who accompanied the person who accompanied you was your child who was like, hey, I really want to be a part of this life of faith. Can we do that? You know, also some of now looking back, like some of my role models or current mentors have been people that are Catholic and you don't realize it, right? So sure. some of the most loving and tender and gentle people, looking back, they were they're Catholic. Um some of the organizations like I um I was a former client at the Lennon Pregnancy Center and it's a Catholic organization and beforehand I didn't even realize it was a Catholic organization. Sure. I just thought it was these group of people who were just totally like had this great charitable nonprofit going on. And, oh, by the way, we're going to be praying for you. Oh, by the way, Jesus loves you. Oh, by the way, pray to St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. It's still at the time not being Catholic. They weren't, you know, using air quotes. They weren't Catholic to me. They were just these awesome women who totally believed in me and my future and everything they told me happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think what I hear you saying is they weren't overbearing exactly. with how they were relating to you. They cared about you. They wanted to kind of show you the love of Christ without like beating, <laughs> beating you over the head with it, it. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's beautiful. That's what God calls us to be in our families and our neighborhoods, um, in whatever situation we wind up being in. And talking about this piece of the pastoral letter, the one sheep, I, you know, I was on retreat just not too long ago. And that, like, this part just kept coming back to me about God's particular love for me, right? Hmm. So this comes from uh, Luke chapter 15 that the Good Shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one. And I think this is one of the most like beautiful and counterintuitive parts of Christianity mm -hmm. that the Lord loves you and loves me individually, personally. We're not just kind of um, part of the collective, but we're, we're individually sought after by the Lord. And I think about how God did that for my life, the kind of moving, removing obstacles and mm -hmm. uh, kind of breaking into my life in a way that I could understand him. And and I think about like all the things that had to go right in your life, Christina and uh, Danielle, mm. I assume you can think of that. Like I, I, yeah. I don't know those particulars of your story, but. You know, I also think about too, all the things that went wrong when I was part of the 99, right? When mm. I wasn't singled out yeah. for, you mm -hmm. know, when I was lost in the pack. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being lost in the pack, you can't be singled out to, you know, for someone to totally love love mm -hmm. on you and share those graces of God with you. Yeah, you're not put in a position, I guess partly what I'm what I'm trying to think of here or trying to articulate is like you're not put in a position where you can appreciate the depth of depth of God's love mm -hmm. for you cuz like you don't quote unquote need it as much, right? But when you get to a place where you realize how much you're in need of it, 
sometimes that's being the one, <laughs> being <laughs> kind of singled out or lost, uh, that God comes seeking for you and um, comes seeking for me. Uh, and, and that's what I find like, those are the disciples we need, right? That's who I need to be. Someone who's willing to go out, find someone who is not part of the fold right now and love them with the heart of Christ to to show them the good news of the gospel, like you were loved, like you were shown. It's interesting. Um, you, like you're, you're giving me a word, right? This a is not word. a, thanks friend. <laughs> that this is not a numbers game, right? God doesn't really care about numbers. He's right? just kind of like, recklessly wasteful <laughs> for us. And you're yeah. like, dang it, that's not even resourceful. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, high school literature class, but my my uh, teacher was a, and is a pastor. No, maybe he's retired now. Um, but I remember... But we a, were like, a non-Catholic Non-Catholic, pastor, yeah. yeah. I remember we were, we were talking about... Um, like, I want to say, like, in some great literature book, some pastor was removed from a country church and placed in the big city. And I was like, well, that makes sense because then he can reach more souls. And my and my literature teacher saying, does God care about numbers, Danielle? And then, like, high school Danielle, Ooh. like, wrestling with it and being like, but the fruit is important. But then also being like, mm, but the 99 and the one. So, yeah, it's interesting to me. And also there's this concept of, like, leaving the fold, like, walking outside of the gate and being like, what up, little sheep? Dude, I was in Ireland last year, found a lost <laughs> sheep on the side of a mountain. I was you like, put it on your shoulder. No, I didn't know what to do. I was like, go home. But, um... But I guess that like leads me to a question, and I think you answered this a little bit. I don't know. I don't really know a whole lot about the Lennon Center. Happy to hear more about it. But where are we as a church seeking and like walking into places yeah. that are a little sketchy? Like not sketchy, but like not like clean and safe. Not safe. You know? Yeah. And um, in my life, I I was I used to be a part of like this theater group when I was in high school. And a few years ago, they asked me to come back and like volunteer as an adult for a weekend. I'm like, ain't, ain't no problem. And I showed up and I was just like, dang, like the depths of stuff these high schoolers are dealing with right. was like so, so deep. And I was like, this is so much like more raw than what I deal with like in my little, like, and I work in like a city parish in Detroit, right? So it's like in the city parish, like, even that is like more safe and clean than like what I'm being faced with and like encountering in these young, in these young people's lives. So it just convicted me a little bit. Like, I gotta be braver. There are tons of programs and different things going on. I mean, I could think of like the backpack ministries yeah. or um, Father Marco. He, you know, he goes out and he helps. Yeah, um, better homeless. man or better way, better way, way, way. right? <laughs> you know, so those are two things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. But we should be at a point where we're listing so many that we just right. totally run out of time, right? And I think in terms of like how how do we do that is we really have to see like the guy in everyone, yeah, because you know, as some people may seem unapproachable and they're not. But it's it's very small small things. I actually um the other day I, I feel like I don't give enough to maybe like homeless people or poor people that I see on the streets, right? Okay. You know, because I pass them every day. And on one hand I may feel as if like, oh well, you know, if I constantly do this, 
you know, then what do I have? Because as I'm as a mom of four kids, I'm right. I'm always strapped for cash where I don't mm. have cash on me. But then I, I the other day I bought lunch for myself and I saw someone and I thought about it. I was like, you know, I'll just give him my lunch. But even if it wasn't that, I think just starting to make a habit of even like smiling and talking to people. And I mean, this is something that mm. I personally do. But if everyone just literally like just looked at people eye to eye and didn't think about bad situations, right? Or you, you're afraid to go into certain situations because they may seem sketchy. Mm-hmm. But literally having the faith that like God is going to protect you and whatever situation that you walk into, I think that that is what makes them more approachable. Yeah. So uh, I think you're, you're pointing to something really important of like programs are huge and really important, but it's not just about programs, right? Mm -hmm. It's about formation. Well, it's about my life. Like Mm -hmm. how am I having my eyes open to the one sheep that God is putting in front of me, whether it's the person I'm sitting next to on a plane the homeless person I meet, whether it's someone in my family, maybe that like I struggle to be kind to, or like has a different world has a different worldview. As I bang the mic around here, <laughs> has a different worldview than I do. Um, family or friends, you know that when I think of one sheep, I, I think of as we're talking about like uh, I think Danielle, you were saying this like those who have a very different worldview than I do, and how, how am I willing to like enter into that space? on social media or in person right. with love, with um, with the truth of the gospel, but with the confidence that like, okay, I don't have to sort all of this out on the first right. <laughs> conversation, the first uh, interaction, uh, and just kind of being with people. Danielle, I think you do this really well. Like you have this eclectic community <laughs> uh, of people like in your life who are at very different places yeah. and I mean it I think you do this really well you know what I I, I thought uh well thank you first of all and it's always a work in progress but I I heard a, a quote that I think about a lot in a homily like a hundred years ago and it said um ministry is about relationships not about tasks and it's something that I have to like remind myself yeah. like on a little sticky note on my bulletin board that has traveled with me like the past three jobs. And um, and it's really interesting. It's just like, it's a reminder myself, like, at, like the people who I encounter and are people who who are important, right? And God has placed in my path for a really specific purpose. So if someone comes to the door of my, of my office and is like, hi, do you want to look at pictures of my grandkid? Like, I mean, like, like I mean, like I also I'm not saying I'm not working. Uh, I, like but, I know the right answer to that, but <laughs> I have a feeling you're telling me it's it's a different answer. Well, I mean, I'm not saying tasks aren't aren't important, but yeah, there is like yeah. that element of accompaniment of like I'm excited for you. Like tell me tell me a little bit about it. And when someone's like, dude, this is like a tip that I learned. When I was working at Costco back in college, one time, like, these these older ladies who were, like, friends of my mom stopped in Costco. They're like, hey, Danielle, how are you doing? I was like, I'm doing okay. Just, like, you know, working in college, so, like, pray for me. And they're like, okay. And they, they I meant it, like, 
eventually later <laughs> and they, just they did took it, right it as like, spot. like here and now call upon the gifts of the Holy Spirit charismatically in this freezer aisle and so they just the gifts <laughs> of samples <laughs> and the gifts of stocking and they and, just like went for it yeah. and I was like kind of embarrassed but I'm also like none no one here knows that they know me so like whatever it's on them right. but it like kind of changed the way that I like approached ministry a little bit is like hey we can we can like show up and be like, yeah, like let's be, let's bring this right now too. People always think, how can we go out and how can we, you know, like face this big bad world that's out there? It's really not always the homeless person. It's really right. not always the, you know, the gang written neighborhood. Right. It's really it could be your next door neighbor, mm-hmm. right? That you never see going to church when you go to church. Yeah. Your you, family members. It could, yeah. could be your child who's struggling. <laughs> well, I, I think of what Mother Teresa would say to people as she would go around and they'd say, hey, you know, I, I want to do what you do. I want to do this great thing of taking care of the poorest of the poor. And she'd say, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Like, mm-hmm. Be great at being a mom. Be great at being a dad. Be great at being a neighbor. Be great at being a brother or sister. Like love the people God has put in your life. And be open to new people he's going to put in your life to really pour in. This is your phrase, Danielle, to pour into them um, the gifts that God has given you. And that's so crucial, especially as we think about like wasting time with mm. with one person, right? And that's mm-hmm. what the one sheep is about. It's wasting time with one person because God wastes all sorts of time with us. You know what? As we kind of like draw to a close, we usually like to ask if you have like a word or inspiration or prayer or advice for our listeners, is there anything that you would like to tell those listening today? So since we're talking about like, you know, witnessing and and reaching those people who maybe are not in the church or things of that nature, one of the things that I actually told a group of people today that I learned is like, don't be embarrassed to pray for somebody. Mm -hmm. Especially, I mean, on any circumstance, but especially the people who are unchurched, right? Because you can say anything and it's going to be beautiful to them Mm -hmm. and they will totally receive it. And, um, And if you're praying with someone or for someone who's an expert person in praying, they're just going to be happy that you are, that you're right there in the presence praying. So my biggest thing is to not be afraid, you know, to just go for it. I love it. Thank you so much. The Open Door Policy Studio was overflowing with Christina and her four beautiful children as she talked about living and calling the one sheep in her life and how each of us can do that as well. And once again, before we say goodbye, if you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your Trader Joe cashier. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Open Door Detroit. Help us unleash the gospel. Open Door Policy was produced by Ron Pangborn and the creative team of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm Father Steve Polis with Danielle Center. And this has been another episode of Open Door Policy. Mommy, is this video a real microphone? <laughs> uh, yeah.